This episode of Writing Excuses has been brought to you by our listeners, patrons, and friends. If you would like to learn how to support this podcast, visit www.patreon.com slash writing excuses. Season 13, Episode 17. This is Writing Excuses. What do writers get wrong with Jamal Crouch? 15 minutes long. Because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Brandon. I'm Mary. I'm Dan. I'm Howard. And we have special guest star, Jamal Crouch, also known as Illis. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for being with us. All right, thank you for having me. And we have a special guest audience at Gen Con. So we know why we've invited you here today, but I'd love for the listeners to know a little bit more about you before we dive in. So tell them a little bit about yourself. Okay, so um, besides being a a street artist, I'm also a a professional painter. Um, I do uh, anywhere from classical work to uh, comic books as well. Um, I'm also an aspiring writer myself. Um, I'm actually kind of dabbling with sculpting. I haven't, like, mastered it just yet, but I'm I'm definitely messing around with it. And uh, I also enjoy teaching. Um, that's kind of a, a big pastime of mine. I think this is uh, one of those crafts that uh, once you learn enough, it, you have to be able to pass it down. So, awesome. awesome. So of those various things, which is the one that we're focusing on today? Uh, we'll be focusing on street art today. All right. So what do writers get wrong about street art? Um, I say one of the biggest misconceptions they get is that um, it's just some vandal running around on a skateboard, uh, <laughs> like, drawing hairy ball sacks on like buildings or something like that. But um, I think the biggest thing that uh, that we have to look at it is um, it's just a it's definitely a form of art, but it's a form of art that uh, that a lot of people spend a lot of lifetimes trying to master and develop and get better at. So um, I, I would look at it as as less of, of something like vandalism, but but more of a, a, another artistry that's to be mastered. Do you ever look at some stuff and go, okay, well that one is vandalism, and oh yeah, absolutely all the time. Like, <laughs> <laughs> You shouldn't have done that to that wall. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like um, there, there's some things that people put up there just to call themselves graffiti artists, but then there's things that I look at that somebody's really spent time and effort to to make look beautiful. And that, that's the difference, you know. Um, anybody can run up and just write their name and, you know, destroy property, but it takes uh, somebody that has some sort of conviction to sit outside in the heat, the rain, the snow, whatever the element is, and complete an actual finished body of work that might not be there tomorrow. So let me ask you this kind of building on that. For it to be street art for you, does it have to have that kind of unexpected? It can't be set out for you? Or can it be someone hired, say, go do this on this wall? Uh, for, for it to be street art for me, um, it's just the creativity that's there. Um, it's one thing to be able to do it on paper. I, you know, I was kind of doodling around earlier. But uh, just to, um, some people will take, like, junk out of the streets and, and nail it up to the wall and, and actually make that a part of the, the, the subject. Or people will take a uh, different rice paper and uh, paint it all these different colors and paste it up. Um, I've seen people like take rocks and mix it with their paint and then mix it with like cement and then make graffiti out of that. Um, it's it's really like the the creative process of it is unending. Mm. And so when people take it to that, that level, that's what I, I consider street art. And then there's like you know the other art where it's just the amateur art. I, I would call it. What is the the line? for you between uh, street art and mural? Because you said that you do classical painting mm-hmm. as well. And I'm assuming that people hire you to paint mur- murals. Mm-hmm. So where do you say, okay, well, this one's a mural. 
This and is street art. Oh, it's a much better way of asking the question I was trying to get at. <laughs> I was an yeah, art major in college. There's a, there's a really thin line between that. I say a mural's more, um, it's more regulated, you know? A, a mural's more co- a commercial thing. Mm-hmm. So it, it'll be uh, more if I'm doing for a company, then, you know, there's specific colors that I have to use, um, specific lines and um, just uh, very specific ways that I would have to go about doing a mural versus street art is really like, um, it's really free-flowing. Uh, you guys were talking about writer's block earlier. Um, street art is like, it's one of those things that uh, that will get you around writer's block and, and blocks, period, because it's, it's a free-flowing thing. It's not really, you actually want to make mistakes on purpose and build on those mistakes versus mm-hmm. a wall mirror where you're very systematic and trying to keep everything in order until the end of the project. Did, did we just send all of our listeners out to buy spray paint? Is that what just happened? <laughs> <laughs> Or, or rice paper or rocks and cement. Yeah. Yeah. Well, whatever yeah. it takes. You know? Yeah. Um, when we were in, uh, uh, we were recently, uh, I say recently at this point, it's uh, you know, almost a year ago, uh, we were in Europe. Um, I saw a lot of street art and the, the style of lettering that's done with spray paint was fascinating to me to see it in Swedish, to see it in German, to see it in Dutch, and to realize that I... I still couldn't read it because I didn't know how the letters were actually working, but it was there. There was a style there that was the same on you know both sides of the Atlantic, on you know a, across all the borders. Uh, is that a is that an aspect of street art? Is that just a graffiti thing? It's a. I think it's an aspect of street art, but I also think it's an aspect of the individual because uh, we're looking at it, once again. It's like an art form. So I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure you guys watched kung fu movies before, mm-hmm. and you'll see like a hundred different people with a hundred different styles, but there's only one protagonist that's going to win out of all of these. Um, and you look at street art the same way. It's like all these different people from different backgrounds, um, even the style of writing. All of us have a different way that we write, and that kind of embellishes itself through the art. The bigger that it gets, so. Um, I say that it's it's both sort of like it's more with the the culture of graffiti, but also in the culture of that person that's actually writing. You know, I just realized that my question shows a huge level of ignorance because I can't yet see the difference between those styles. Yeah. I don't know how to look at it yet. Um, and, and it's it's really um, not so much trying to see the difference between the style, but the person that wrote it, and that's the that's the best part about graffiti to me or street art is that uh, when you look at a, a piece or a mural or something that's been put up there, um, you're not just looking at uh, something that's traditionally, like, drenched in the culture, which it is. It, it definitely has, like, a, um, a cultural weight to it. But you're also trying to, like, look at what that individual was trying to say or what this individual person was kind of, like, letting loose when they put this kind of stuff up there on this wall. And so when you look at it, um, even, like, the way that this person write might be a sense to, like, what they've experienced in the past or how they, they came up in, in their childhood that actually came out in this art piece. So, yeah. yeah I think some of the things that you're seeing when you're, you're seeing that, that stylization of, of, the, uh, of the letter forms mm. uh, is a font that has developed over time. Um, that, that different people express in different ways mm-hmm. that is related to the, the, the way spray paint cans work. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, what I've always, that, that's what I've always assumed. And that leads oh. me to my next question, which is how long does something like that take? If you're, um. if you're doing a patch, you know, a 10-foot by 10-foot patch of wall and you're um. putting something up. Howard, did you just ask how long does it take to write a book? <laughs> 
Yes. There's two answers to that. Uh, one, if you're doing it illegally, it should take uh, about 15 minutes. <laughs> see, see, and that's why I asked the question. Because... It should take about 15 minutes, roughly. But, um, I mean, most of the time, like, I, if I'm spray painting on something, it's like an old building nobody cares about. So um, when you actually really want to, like, get into the whole thing, I say two hours, you know what I mean? Like, when you actually really want to create an actual work of art, but you're really trying to get up out of there, like, in and out, 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so that gets back to something you mentioned earlier because that I thought— Because you're in a hurry. <laughs> <laughs> and this is illegal. I, I, I thought it was really interesting earlier when you were talking about, uh, you know, the dedication it takes— to do this, you know, in the rain or the snow or the whatever, the heat of the sun. And, you know, I think that that, that sounds like that that's a key part of this is, you know, street art is on the street. It's outside. Yeah. And, you know, to, to what extent does the environment, you know, nature, wherever you are, play into the way you do the art and, and the kinds of art that you do? Um, well, one, uh, like you, um, you actually present it with different challenges in street art. So um, aside from gallery art, which I also do, it's like there's really pristine things. You know, you get a nice canvas, you sand it down, you make sure everything's smooth. But with street art, you don't know what you're going to be. You, you'll get wood, you'll get concrete, you'll get bricks. And so it, it kind of makes you flexible as an artist to d- approach these different surfaces in a different way. And you kind of look at that as a microcosm of life. You know, you don't ever get the same surface in anything. You always have to approach something in a different way. So, I mean, I, I would say that that's uh, one thing that I would um, notice about, like, how they approach a, a street art. And then uh, the, as far as, like, how the art turns out, um, that's that's entirely up to, like, how you figure out the situation that you're in. So, Let's yeah. uh, pause right here so you can uh, promote and send us someplace so we can see your art. Um, okay, so um, the uh, one place that I, I have uh, most of my art at is my Instagram, and that is uh, Illus MM1, and that's spelled I L L U S M M1. And then uh, that's also my Gmail. So if anybody wants to uh, just kind of contact me through my email or anything like that, it's illusmm1 at Gmail. Now the the illustration you've you've done here on the paper, which mm-hmm. I'm hoping you'll let me take a picture of so I can include it in that doesn't have to happen right now, but we'll get it on, up on the page. You've got three L's. So is it I-L-L-L-U-S on Instagram or it's just two L's? It's just two L's. Okay. Yeah. I just happened to draw a third L in there on some... I, I was kind of nervous before. So that's one of those mistakes <laughs> that you're just going to run with. Yeah, I was nice. just like, yeah, I'm going to go with it. Uh, yeah, I was just trying to like doodle something before I got on the show. I was like nervous, so I'm like, all right, I'm going to just... Now, awesome. I've, okay. I've got a question I really want to know. I have heard that there is like a kind of law of street art, that there are certain rules you follow. Is that true or is that just like urban lore? Like oh. that you don't paint over someone else's uh, art if yours is worse and stuff like that? Uh, that's actually like, um, that's kind of, that kind of is a thing. Like, I'm not going to like make that up. That is a thing, but it's like, it's whether they follow it or not, you never know. But it, it is kind of a thing where it's like, if somebody's done a nice piece of work, leave it alone. If your work isn't that good, chances are it might be getting it might be getting ran ran over. So, <laughs> like that, that's just part of the culture. Um, but uh, yeah, it is kind of a thing, though. Yeah, so. and I heard that there are like certain places that are off limits to a lot of street artists, and certain places that are encouraged to to put your art up and things like that as well. Yeah, um, like uh, mostly I, I go for abandoned buildings, so I just don't get the hassle. But you know, the the places that's off limits is more tempting to those that are like the type of like vandals you know mm-hmm. what i mean if you if you want to call them that 
um, they they kind of tend to like go for those things for for a namesake for fame or whatever. But uh, for the most part, though, like most of the graffiti artists I know tend to like try to stay off into like abandoned buildings because they really want to kind of embellish the artwork versus just getting a name out there. So, cool. I I wanted to ask a question. Um, because because our audience is primarily writers. So I'm wondering, first of all, if you've ever seen street art or street art culture depicted in media and and if that was accurate or, or inaccurate. Um, I have. Um, and, and some of it, the, I think the most accurate that I've seen it is uh, if you ever watch Netflix, it's this uh, show called The Get Down. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that show is probably like the most accurate uh, form because that even happens today. Like just how like, artists like kind of trade these ideas it, it's just much what you guys are doing just now like right here in this room uh we all just trading these ideas and these thoughts and these these um these things and going back to our own kind of wall if you will mm-hmm. and and expressing that um that was probably the most accurate depiction but the most for the most part though not really like I, i've seen it like where it's just like this like dude on a skateboard just kind of like spray painting a trash can and running away or something like that mm-hmm. and it's like it's really a lot more than that. You know yeah. what I mean? like, well, I mean, that, that's a thing that happens, but that's just vandalism. And yeah, it's clumsy and that's because, different. You know, yeah. but there, there's people that, that really take time to, uh, they, they read a lot of books on the subject. Uh, they, they stay at home and they practice the same drawing like 10, 20, 30, 40 times before they go outside and do it. So they can do something in two hours. They can take a two-hour drawing and do it in 15 minutes, you mm-hmm. know. And it's like I think people miss out on the on the part where it's like you really at home like practicing the same design over. So and it's over crossing it, it's crossing the line a bit between between street art as a permanent installation mm-hmm. and performance art as an act which you have rehearsed. And when it is happening, it's an art form in and of itself. Hey, absolutely, uh, yeah. Because I, I mean, the goal is to get good enough to where you can do something that that takes ten hours and you can scrunch it down and you were able to do it in an hour. You know, that's, that's what, you know, a mastery is. So That, that actually uh, leads me to a, a question that I've been wanting to ask. Uh, one of the things that we, we often talk about on the podcast is making sure that our, our character has a clear goal, that they've got a motivation. Mm-hmm. Like what, uh, if, if one of our re- listeners was going to write a character who was a street artist, what, what kind of goal would they be striving for? Uh, I think the goal that they will be striving for... Um, and this, I don't, I don't know if everybody will resonate with this as an art, uh, a writer, but uh, the goal that they would be striving for is is really just to to get better than what they were yesterday. Hmm. Um, you know, a, a lot of times we uh, we look at a there's like this destination that you're trying to get to, like I'm the best, and you know that's that's it. But it, it's really a thing where it's like, okay, I've gotten this good, but can I do better than what I've done before? So I think the the motivation for that character will be to top themselves, really. That's way too healthy for writers to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they aren't going to know how to handle that. That's going to be very confusing. Well, um, we are out of time. Uh, were you going to give us some homework or a writing prompt or something? Um, yeah, uh, just uh, definitely uh, the most accurate one I said was uh, definitely watch Get Down and just kind of watch those scenes with the, the graffiti artists in there. Um, and then charge yourself. That's, that's uh, the best part. Uh, just get us can of spray paint uh, if you go want to go to your backyard or your neighborhood wall or abandoned building just try it out yourself and just see how it feels and, and go awesome. from there That's that great. is probably the most unique uh, homework we've ever given on writing excuses <laughs> <laughs> you told them to go outside <laughs> 
And Jamal, thank you so much for being on yeah, the podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you to our audience at Gen Con. <laughs> this has been Writing Excuses. You're out of excuses. Now go write. Writing Excuses is a Dragonsteel production, jointly hosted by Brandon Sanderson, Dan Wells, Mary Robinette Kowal, and Howard Taylor. This episode was mastered by Alex Jackson. If you aren't familiar with Locus Magazine, they're a long-standing and respected website, magazine, archive, and resource for science fiction, fantasy, and horror. Basically, they're the industry magazine for our genre. They also run the annual Locus Awards, a top-tier award that recognizes new, diverse, and excellent voices in speculative fiction. They tell the storytellers' stories through author interviews, book reviews, curated reading lists, international industry news, obituaries, and more. Locus has meant a lot to me, both personally and professionally. In my career, I've been interviewed by them, and I've also turned to them as a source of understanding who is involved in the industry. Locus is holding their annual fundraising drive to keep their doors open, lights on, and future bright. I'll be contributing to their crowdfunding campaign by donating a cutscene, some original art, and a couple of other things like, do you want to do a one-on-one chat with me? So join me in supporting Locus.